Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, November 2nd, 2018. And on today's report, I thought I would spend the few moments I have with you talking about the new president of Brazil who was elected last Sunday, the 28th of October, Mr. Jair Bolsonaro. 63 years old, he will assume the office of President of Brazil on January 1st, 2019. It's important to know who our neighbors are, what our neighbors are up to, and Brazil is one of our most important southern neighbors. Jair Bolsonaro is a retired military officer, retired from the artillery and parachute divisions of the Brazilian Army, and he has been in government service in one office or another including six terms in the Brazilian Congress since his retirement and transfer to the reserves. In 1988, he was born in Brazil, but his background is Italian, with a little German and Portuguese thrown into the mix. His grandfather and great-grandfather were Italians, as were his maternal grandparents. The reason he is sometimes compared to Donald Trump and sometimes referred to as the Trump of the tropics will become clearer, but essentially, they share some of the same views. They also share the hatred of some of the same people, especially the media. The idea that a fair election could be held in Brazil, and then the losers say, okay, we lost fair and square, but we're all Brazilians, we all stand together. That's no more likely to occur in Brazil than it is here in America. On July 22, 2018, he was officially nominated by his party as its presidential candidate for the 2018 election. His coalition was called, quote, God above all, end quote. His candidacy was contested by two separate lawsuits, but the Superior Electoral Court of Brazil deferred them, and his candidacy was made official on August 6th. Antonio Morau, a retired Army general, was selected as his vice presidential running mate. Early in the campaign, he had an aggressive and confrontational tone, which he used to build quite a comfortable lead in the polls. The final margin of victory was approximately 55 to 45 percent. He ran on a platform of fierce opposition to socialism and communism, as well as a preference of Taiwan over China. Those views left the supporters of his socialist opponent, Fernando Haddad, with very little they could relate to because they could see that if he won, it would no longer be business as usual in Brazil. He was elected with a strong mandate to do something about corruption, just as Mr. Obrador was recently elected in Mexico, Brazil, has a reputation of being one of the most corrupt and most violent countries in the Western Hemisphere. And the Brazilian people are finally starting to listen to people say, who say it, they will at least address it. His views are also very nationalistic, very pro-Brazil, or what one might call Brazil first. He's pro-business, anti-regulation, and pro-privatization of state assets, at least in Brazil. They actually call them what they are, state assets. Here in America, we call them public assets. It remains to be seen how severe the backlash is and whether that backlash will take over his views and affect his ability to fulfill the mandate given to him by the voters of Brazil. His appeal to the masses of Brazilians lies in his populist roots, just as with Donald Trump. He's seen as an outsider and a populist. Although very wealthy, Mr. Trump was able to use his wealth 
to his advantage by saying he would fund his own campaign and so forth. Part of his appeal was, I'm not for sale, I'm already rich. Mr. Bolsonaro emerged from the lower officer ranks of the military to serve in Congress after Brazil's 20-year-long dictatorship. He's always referred to as radical, far-right, fascist, and so forth. By the press in Brazil and America, just as with the Trump campaign, the press is clearly not only not neutral, but it campaigns openly for the opposition, just like Donald Trump. He stands by his views. He doesn't moderate his views very much, although he moderated some of them, since the, such as the ways he said he would crack down on crime. He moderated his anti-homosexual rhetoric to some extent, no matter how desperately the opposition and the press demand that the people agree with their views, candidates such as Jair Bolsonaro and Donald Trump still resonate with the people, nations around the world are starting to turn to politicians who will promise to defend them from the socialist, corrupt, high-tax, high-immigration, business-as-usual types that have been foisted on them for the last 40 or 50 years, those who hold traditional values feel threatened and are becoming more desperate each day to preserve what they believe to be right. Mr. Bolsonaro sums up his position as, quote, Brazil before everything and God above all, end quote. That seems to be a message that Catholic Brazilians were ready to listen to. It brought him a decisive victory and an easy defeat of his socialist opponent. He promised that he would, quote, break the system. He root out corruption in the highest levels of government and business and will bring under control the severe rise in violent crime that seems to be growing worse yearly. President Trump tweeted that he had a very good conversation with President-elect Bolsonaro. Quote, we agree that Brazil and the United States will work closely together on trade, military, and everything else. Excellent call. Wish him congrats, end quote. So, like Mr. Trump, he's a political outsider. He's proud of that. He lets everyone know it. He has strong ties to the military, strong military support. He has a history of views seen by some as offensive regarding homosexuals and Brazil's black population. Some supporters welcome his inflammatory rhetoric while others scramble to spin it away. I haven't bothered to set out the examples here for you, but some of the things he's quoted as having said during his six terms in Congress are pretty outlandish. His views are a little too close to Brazil's former military dictatorship to suit his opposition. And to suit the press, he seems to wax eloquent when discussing military rule of Brazil, which existed from the mid-1960s to the mid-1980s, many people were tortured by the secret police under that regime, and many people still remember that. The Brazilian people are obviously ready for an end to violence and corruption, and when he promises he will no longer tolerate it, the people are willing to hand him the reins of government. He was also elected because he's seen as a hardliner who will take on corruption. He'll take on rising crime rates. Quite simply, he promises to fix what ails the country whether it's high crime or a faltering economy and unemployment, Bolsonaro says he will fix it. Outgoing President Michael Timmer, very, very unpopular. He took over after Dilma Rousseff was impeached for corruption. She came to Brazilian politics after early stints with various European terror groups where she was reportedly involved. 
in robbing banks to finance terror operations. So Brazil has a rather colorful history to its politics, but it's still one of the most important countries in the Western Hemisphere, and it would serve us well to pay attention to it. This man, Jair Bolsonaro, suffered for his efforts to win the nomination of his party and then to win the presidency of Brazil. The groups we have come to know as the establishment or the deep state opposed him. The media in Brazil and America opposed him. The tech giants, such as Facebook, banned and censored his supporters. Social media was his friend and ally, however. His followers used it as they were able to communicate and Bill's support, a leftist assassin, put a dagger into him, and he almost died. But he didn't, and now he's the president-elect of Brazil. After President Trump's call to him, he tweeted, quote, We have just received a call from U.S. President Donald J. Trump congratulating us on this historic election. We wish to bring these two great nations closer together and to advance on the path of freedom and prosperity, end quote. Well... I congratulate you as well, Mr. Bolsonaro. I share the desire you express that our two countries work together toward freedom and prosperity. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.